Hello, I'm Tim McLaughlin, and this is a Maywall Podcast. In this episode, we present the first part of Michelle Garcia's lecture, Creating a Garden of Natural Dye Plants. In his presentation, Michelle explains the motivation for the garden, which was created in Loris, France. He also talks about the challenges and strategies for promoting natural dye knowledge. The lecture was recorded live on October 16, 2009, as part of the Maywa Textile Symposium. Good evening, everybody. Bonsoir, tout le monde. Uh, I welcome you all to the second evening of the Maywa Symposium lecture series. I am very honored to be introducing tonight's lecture, Michelle Garcia. Michelle has contributed immensely to the natural dye world. Often I come across people who credit Michelle in their research, in their books, and in their lectures. He has affected and inspired so many in his journey to keep natural color alive. And now those from my generation find that his way of teaching is very generous. He shares his knowledge easily and passionately, and he encourages us. The Maiwa Symposium is committed to honoring people who have dedicated their lives to craft. Michel is one of these people. He has spent his life in the practical and the experimental of the natural color in all of its aspects, in the botany, in the chemistry, in the cultural and the history, and is strongly passionate and forward thinking about discovering new recipes for color adaption in the world today. He refers to himself as a color rebel. I have a great quote from him. He says, being too obedient dissolves creativity. We must respect and have knowledge of the tradition, but we must not be afraid to break them and to try new recipes. So it is my great pleasure to invite Michelle to the stage. Thank you very much, Sofina. I'm very honored to, and uh, I'd like to, to thank very much uh, all the team, the Maiwa team, and uh, especially Charlotte, and uh, everybody working for this, for this ex exceptional event. Uh, I appreciate it very, very much, and that's very unical, probably, in the world. I beg your pardon for my very poor English because sometimes I cannot explain exactly what, what I mean, but I will try. And uh, your question will be very helpful for me after the presentation, presentation of the slides because it's much, much easier to react than, than to act. Um, first of all, uh, I, will, I will tell you that I will not present exactly the dye plant collection of this garden, but only some aspect, because probably uh, presenting a simple collection like, like that would be boring, but uh, each place of this garden is dedicated to an aspect, a particular aspect of this uh, question of natural dyes. Then uh, I propose to you to, to present you only the subjects which are developed there, uh, the pedagogic aspect, in fact. 
The, the, after the introduction, I will take time to, to speak about the interest of this, uh, this garden. It, it's not really, first of all, an aesthetical garden. It must be for visitors, but uh, with this subject, we can, uh, we can get a pr very plural approach of the plant and uh, set the color uh, in the center of many uh, different uh, matters. And then uh, I will, uh, will present uh, what is in the garden, but with a certain, um, certain approach, because, you know, this garden has, has not been done uh, one good morning, awaking and just saying, well, I will do a garden. It, it, it will. It 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 was definited very slowly after a few years of of sharing experiences with France, and I realized some aspects were not so dev developed about color, and some people were not very conventional and were still searching other ways of doing colors and other knowledges. Then. Um, also, listening to different public, um, we learned a lot about how people know natural colors. It means the, the anybody uh, who is not a specialist have some ideas about what is the dye, what, is, and these ideas uh, seems to be. Uh, they are a little shocking for specialists because it doesn't function like that, you know. But after a certain reflection, we can, we can say, okay, you think it must be like that, and then we will start from this point and have a look together how it can be, how it is really. Then uh, I, will, I will also talk of the limits of, of the, de the development of this project because it was quite a heavy project, and um, how it is today. This garden is settled in a very lovely place in the little village of Provence. Uh, this ground actual, actually belongs to the municipality of Loris, which is a little village in the Luberon, little mountain, and uh, it was uh, abandoned for years. And uh, then the, it was a new pr property for the municipality, and they were searching something to do on it. Then at that moment, um, I already started with an association. You know, um, the French association which function uh, with only volunteers, then you are supposed to be totally volunteer, but you can get um, some help for the government or for uh, different political institutions. And then it's not your own, it's not your money, but you are very free to develop many things uh, with the community money. And that's, that's a good good structure, it exists for a very long time, since a very long time. And then at the beginning, we created an association with some friends. After a few years sharing experiments about natural uh, colors, 
with some friends, we decided to create an association. From 1998 to 2002, the association was constituted for, of a very small group of fellows all over the Europe. We just shared experiences and researches on natural colors with correspondence, mail, and email exchange sometimes. For example, we were a very few person. For example, a Swiss, a friend from Switzerland who is a chemist, he works on chemistry, was very keen on purple dyeing and was researching any information about it. Another person was a spinner and tasted various colors with fermentating processes. And she was uh, not very keen on uh, traditional ways of dyeing with the traditional moderns, and she was uh, looking for other sources of uh, fixing colors. And uh, also in this group, there were some artists who were looking for recipes to make their own pigments and paintings. And so on. Then it was very diversified. It was not only dyeing textiles, but it was natural colors in general, with their history, with researches, with the chemical approach, the technical approach. At that period, I prepared some exhibitions in my own workshop. It's very little, but um, these little exhibitions were. Um, just a mean to, to bring some people to share some new experiences. Uh, there was a newsletter, a very short newsletter we sent to each other, and a three-month periodical publication, a kind of very simple booklet made of photocopies uh, about various subjects. Uh, then... Um, there was an evidence. We all wanted to share more about natural dyes and establish more contact with some is isolated persons interested on the same subject. Uh, for example, the first booklets we did, about between 30 and 40 pages, uh, they were uh, connected with the exhibition on the same subject. The first one was dedicated to lichens, for example, lichens for dyeing and all purposes. Then there was an exhibition on madder, and it gave the name of the association uh, Couleur Garance, which means uh, madder color. And the third one was uh, dedicated to inks for writing and designing uh, veget vegetal color, gums and resin for colors and varnishes, then various subjects which were not necessarily um, the, uh, connected with uh, dyeing uh, textiles. Uh, to do these booklets, I used to collect old texts and advices, and afterwards we experiment in my workshop uh, to verify these informations. And sometimes it was very funny because one guy was coming from Belgium, another from Switzerland. We were very few. And we did an incredible mess in the workshop just to, <laughs> to verify if it's, it was convenient or not. And sometimes we discovered that we didn't understand anything to this old text because the vocabulary has changed and the, 
the, the technical approach was very, very different of the conventional approach we, we could find on modern books. Then, in these exhibitions, some visitors came and the group increased. Uh, it was funny because sometimes there were people we couldn't imagine they were interested in natural colors. For example, one guy making violins and researching for years the true recipes with Mother Lake for the color of these violins, or very different person, and uh, that was a very big enrichment for the little group. Once a woman came, she was the future, future mayor of Loris, and then she asked us to prepare just in, ca in case she was elected a way wider project because she intended to offer to the association a used ground to settle a garden. She knew we had a very little garden, private place. I already planted plants for, for years. And then she knew it and uh, in fact she was elected and she, she did what she, uh, she promised. Two years were not too long to prepare the documents for the politics of the regions, the department, the natural park of Luberon, because uh, I just had to prove that our project was unical. And then, via the municipality, some help would be given to develop this project. And the associative form was very important. And that's the reason why probably we have been chosen because there's a kind of psychosis with money in Europe, especially in, in France, and the good things must, must be volunteer, necessarily. It spent one year for making all the papers, or big packets like this, and another year to start with the collections of seeds and plants. We didn't have this ground yet, then we put the plants uh, at some friends' place, places, and uh, we start, started in quite difficult condition to collect things because we needed place, and we knew that there was a very huge ground, and uh, it was totally empty. This municipality has the good idea to just to prepare the ground like this, very simply, and then uh, we started. No. <laughs> ah, ah, okay. Well, that's one step for making the garden. Uh, we'll be quick with this. Then imagine it was really dry and sandy on a very poor, poor ground. Then we made these squares, and uh, by hand you, we prepared the ground, I say to my friends, well, if possible, one square per day. Then we just dig the place, put the, the four pieces of wood, and started to plant. This is after maybe two years, because some plants, we, we bought some trees. But that's the lovely place. That's the house who is now the, um, the exhibition place. So imagine it's um, all around an old castle, 
And uh, then there were many places like this all around, and this one is just connected to the, the garden. Then it gives a good uh, wall to develop a project. Let's start. <laughs> I told, told it already. <laughs> well, who did the job? In fact, the m some members came, but they are quite far, the members of the association from the beginning. They were in different countries or different regions of, of France. They were very far, though, so they couldn't come very, uh, very soon, very often. Then um, a new equipe came to help us. Uh, I, uh, I did this job first with my companion, Marie-Françoise, and uh, some local people were mainly interested on the provincial traditions of colors and on the development on, on, of their village. Imagine, uh, I just studied what was in this place, in this castle, a few centuries before, and I discovered it was uh, a kind of um, behind. There was a kind of factory for treating the insect, the dye insect called Kermes. This Kermes who disappeared uh, around uh, the end, about the, at the end of the 18th century, then we were in a historical place dedicated to red color. That was so good. We were really interested on this point. And then, uh, evidently, as in many places in Provence, uh, down uh, in the lower part, uh, madder was cultivated because uh, they cultivated millions of, oh, they did millions of tons of madder that they, they, sh they shaped it all over the world, uh, uh, the world uh, at this period. And we were in a, in an historical place, and many people were really interested. The first conferences were um, oriented um, to the, that direction. We were in a historical, cultural heritage, a good place. As soon as we obtained the key of the garden, we started to we employing a gardener, and we settled the first plant. This guy is the gardener, Florent. And uh, then uh, he came from very far, the north part of France, because we just announced we were looking for gardener keen on botany. And when I discussed with this guy, just five minutes, I just asked him <coughs> what was his own project, his personal life pro project, what he wanted to do further. And he said, I want to create a botanical garden. And I was wondering if, I, if it was a joke or not, because it was written on the paper, you know. <laughs> <laughs> then I thought it was true. And in fact, it was true. He was really interested on this project, not, not especially on dye plants, but on plants in general. And then he started uh, with um, a contract, a special contract. He started to study to be a real botanist. And uh, he succeeded. Um, I was the tutor for five years. And we succeeded. He had the paper. It was the... Then, uh, at that time, I was a little bit afraid. Because I was working, 
and this was a volunteer project. But uh, how to pay this guy? Then, <laughs> at that moment, we had no economical resources, but uh, Florent was paid with a special grant from the government because it was a special contract. We helped him to study, to get a good level, and then for a few years, the government paid the salary. Then I spent a couple of hours every day with him after my own work or every morning between 7 and 8 to teach him and to help at the garden. And uh, at the beginning, you know, there were not very exceptional plants. There were a lot of Provencal plants. But we were very clever to, uh, to look for something to save uh, uh, on every plant. We didn't want to put just an aesthetic plant just because there's a hole here, then I will put big plant and no, no more hole. <laughs> <laughs> we were very interested in developing some subjects. Um, then, uh, at the beginning, the garden was not very, very big, but very dense, because we wanted to give an impression of a, a world of color plants. In fact, uh, when we started, the challenge was enormous. The person who paid for this project, it means it was the region, the department, and some technical aid uh, from the natural park. They just asked us to, to get results very quickly. It was politics. We, uh, we give the ground, we pay some, some stuff, but you must start. Then uh, we got the key, the 21 of March um, 2002, and the garden was supposed to be open to the visitors on the 1st of June. <laughs> no, the ground was really dry, horribly dry, and totally abandoned for years. And it was sand. You know, all these stones are very sandy, and all the ground was sand. And um, there was a pipe with water. That was very good. But <laughs> not so easy to manage with. And then we worked very hard, and we opened the garden the 1st of June. But it was a kind of kiln, you know, with 40 degrees, no air at all because of the big walls. And people were roasted <laughs> just, <laughs> just visiting this garden. It was... We realized <laughs> it was a little bit quick. The idea was well accepted, but um, we needed to, to make an effort very quickly. And the other challenge that the first symposium was announced for the 10th of October. We did it. The garden was very poor, but for this symposium, we had an incredible chance. I went to Bruxelles a few months before, uh, before starting the garden, and then there was uh, an international meeting called Days in History and Archaeology. I was in the assistant, and at the end, they decided the, the, where will be the next symposium, because each symposium is in a different country every year. 
then I was waiting, waiting, and suddenly I realized they were not very sure who will organize because it's a little bit coasty, a little bit tidy. Everybody was very busy because there are mostly laboratories or researches, archaeological researches. And I said, well, I will do this meeting. And people came, and uh, the garden was very poor, but the conferences were really excellent uh, because it's a very good group. And then uh, it gave a very good impression to the politics because after a few months, we did the, we, we finished with this challenge. Between the association and the garden, there was something a little bit difficult. This garden was considered as a means to advance the associative projects because doing a center, we will do this kind of geometry, we will do a circle all around this center, then it will be easier to, um, to invite many persons and to share. It, it will be a very good tool. But at the same time, it was a second project second project in the first one, because the first one, we didn't need any money. We just share information, photocopies, very cheap things, and um, we travel on, on our own, and it was correct. But this was uh, supposed to be very costly, and, but it was a, a tremendous uh, opportunity to develop the pedagogy, because we were keen on sharing knowledge, and then a very large public was interested um, for this project because plants are interesting for everybody. And uh, enlarging our subject was considered as very v positive for all the members. And uh, several of them came to give the help, many volunteers to dig, to plant, and uh, to bring some new element. But after the first time, the local population was a little bit suspicious. What's that stuff? They are building a strange thing, which is not very traditional in this village. Everything is new, is a little bit suspect. The first uh, subject for visiting the garden was uh, around the presentation of the local history of colors. And we invited a lot of scholars, like this, pupils, and uh, made some demonstrations. And it was um, re real work to, uh, we made a little booklet, a new booklet, a uh, 2021 20, booklet like that. And this one was dedicated to children. And it was very successful because anybody was able to, to practice this. Uh, then it was the, the, the first purpose. It was difficult to find uh, exotic plants, to find rare plants at the beginning with very poor means, but it was possible to, to settle uh, Provencal plants very easily. Then the subject was uh, how was gathered in old times, uh, where are the documents who prove it has been used really, for what purpose, then it was quite popul popular. Many people visiting the place became members. 
And uh, around 2004, there were about 350 members. Uh, half of these members, they were not personally concerned on natural dyes, in fact, but they were interested in the concept. Because you just discover plants, and suddenly you discover that this plant has a history, and that's the history of human being, the history of the exchange between uh, human being and the env environment, and all, all the genius uh, which was necessary to, to, make, to do something with this plant or this disorder. Then the concept was interesting. The other half of the members were issued of all regions of France because in this little village, you, you cannot find hundreds of persons interested really practicing natural dyes. There were, there were not. Many members were, were very far. And that was a point, an important point because members were from about 10 countries in Europe and a few in Japan, in West Africa. They didn't come very often. And the members who were always here, they were not the ones who were mostly interested in natural dyes, but they were the supporters. And we were working mainly for the supporters. We made new booklets for all the persons who were very far, because they could get these booklets, and... Um, the newsletter was bigger and bigger, and then we or oriented it properly speaking on dyes because it was the, the heart of the subject, in fact, and uh, for all members who were very far, and also for visitors, specialists, or artisans who came because after a few years, uh, people knew that it was something there. Then some specialists came, and it increased very much the, the interest of, the, of, of that uh, project. We prepared very simple presentations for groups like this, you know, where you just take one plant, and with very, very few things, you just show the color it contains. I will develop this further. The, the, the very quick animations with very poor material for non-specialists. In fact, it was the majority of visitors and some workshops and some publications a little bit more technical for the others. People were interested in plants. And many people said, uh, I will do, I will also do a dye plant garden in my region. Why not? Then we started to, to give some little plants, and uh, we started to, uh, doing the seeds. We, we were taking great care of the plants of the garden, and in autumn, before closing the door, we gathered the seeds, put, put it in little packets, and it was very successful. And uh, people were looking pro for products for dyeing, like uh, these supplies you, ca you can see. Here. Then we did it, and we find some uh, different sources, um, and we cultivated at one part of the garden at the beginning, and then uh, we realized uh, the people who came, uh, it was not so easy for them to practice natural dyes. The one who did, uh, they were always looking for suppliers, 
for chemicals, and then we did it, and uh, we developed different visits, different kind of visits, because sometimes there were scientists, sometimes there were uh, artists, and then we developed different approaches. We started with the market. It was necessary to get money, in fact. Politics promised to help, but we were in charge of a good part of the spends. We couldn't cover, uh, uh, cover it only with the, the visit of the garden. It was very little. Then this part of the activity was very important because it gave both interest, interest for people who were looking for resources and people who, who, who support us buying some things. What to sell in such a small village quite far from the big cities? The majority of visitors were, were tourists, so it has been suggested to add for sale uh, any little things that tourists are supposed to buy. People of the village and the, the Mary, they say, yeah, you can sell some lavender, honey, pottery, maybe goat cheese. And <laughs> I started to refuse. Uh, uh, don't forget, the, the supporters are in place, but the specialists are, are, are very far. And the supporters always speak of what they don't know, but uh, the specialists, unfortunately, they, they, they cannot speak. Then it started to be a little difficult, but I created some specific products, like different kits, related to natural dyes. And in fact, it, they were quite successful. It was a new challenge. Most of the person didn't know anything about dyes. And they intended to, to do it very simple. And these kits were supposed to be very simple approach it was not so easy because the purpose was not to sell some thing, te technical things to an ignorant person. It was to bring this person to be interested in the subject. And we knew perfectly the Mr. Everybody would, be, would change his eye on natural dyes if it would practice a little or have a, a correct approach. And uh, most of people, when they passed by the way, they just told us, well, now I realize I've seen some ethnic good fabrics when I traveled somewhere, but I didn't re realize what kind of work it was. It was not so bad, this, this work, just initiation. Dye color market was created in 2003. This is... One person who has been invited, Boubacar Dumbia, from uh, Mali. I will talk a little bit about him after. But people could meet some real artisans. Uh, we were also focused on European artisans because um, there is a, a European tradition, but it is uh, very difficult for these artisans to present it. Then in this market, there was mostly Italian, Spanish, French person, and sometimes we invited some different countries, and it was a subject for different uh, presentations. 
the collection was a little bit limited. It was not uh, so easy. The ground, the nature of ground is very important. This, is, this one is calcareous with a lot of calcium bicarbonate, which kills a lot of plants, in fact. And uh, also, it is, it is very hot in summer, but it's quite cold in winter. Then uh, the, the first years, we started with henna, with um, different tropical plants. And at five degrees, henna dies. <laughs> then it was not so easy to find, again, the seeds and to start with little plants. And in the autumn, they will die. We had some choice, emblematic choice to do not to, to research exactly all the plants of the traditions of the world, as you can find in, in the very good book of Dominique Cardon, which is here. It was an emblematic choice. And then uh, it was necessary to connect it with the, the invited persons. With the first Thai color market, we intended to bring some textile specialists in Loris. Uh, then we dedicated one place, place of the garden to each one of these partners in the limits of our growing possibilities. Sometimes, you know, the African place was very poor, in fact, because we tried very much. The American places were not so, so bad, but uh, with the Sahelian flora, it was very, very difficult because... Uh, in the soil is granite, laterite is from granite, acid soil. Earth was basic and freezing in winter. It was really complicated. But let's finish with this project before visiting the, the garden. There were some paradoxes. Everyday works need much, much work because the garden was increasing bigger and bigger and uh, there were a lot of needs for doing it this project was evolving very quickly, really. We were definited uh, by the visitors, in fact, because most of the visitors were always opinionated people. <laughs> I will try to develop this later. <laughs> then, no, the main... The main point that the plural vocation of the project was not so easy to manage. Uh, we employed very soon two other persons, one for the shop and one other to welcome people who are coming to do the incredible mass of papers because we live in a lovely country dedicated to papers. This paper were asked by partners, politics, and uh, it was necessary to, to make new, every month, new papers. And, and sometimes I phone and say, I, we, we did send last time just the, the, all the expression of the project, all the aspects. They say, yes, but we throw it away every, any, every time. You have to do it again. We cannot keep it. We have no place. <laughs> okay. After a while, we realized that the politicians and the municipality uh, considered the garden as a real chance for this, this village. 
That was good. That was really good. But we were supposed to develop the village with this project. That, that's not very easy, you know. At that point, there were many institutions who helped us. We didn't forget we were working for them, in fact. The subject of the association was double, became double. We were working for the local development, and we were establishing a perennial stru structure for our project of dye plants. But these dye plants were suddenly supposed to develop agriculture with new means for the enrichment of agriculture. Okay. And we were supposed to get many employees because all young people, they didn't get work there. Then it was not so easy. Well, how I, said, I said it, the weak point was that the mo mostly these partners were very opinionated people. The helpful advices were not so frequent. Then sometimes I felt a little bit alone. And uh, <laughs> most of the, the people, even visitors, they started the conversation with this typically French expression. Why don't you do this? <laughs> or why don't you do that? It's, it is supposed to be very, very helpful, you know, because they give you an idea. You have no idea. Fortunately, they come. And then this inter uh, negative interrogation obliges you to reply, I don't do this because... But I do a lot. <laughs> In fact, you were obliged to reply that you are not doing this or that. You are not selling goat cheese. You are not... <laughs> that was crazy. We realized we were in a very, very little village, in fact. <laughs> then uh, I spent, at that time, a lot, I spent a lot of energy to take care of keeping and giving a clear vision of this project to any visitor. I was very grateful of any suggestion, and, but it gave a real indication of the, on the pedagogical needs because most of people they, they, they had no idea at all, uh, according to natural dyes and to textile, the textile world in general. That was a little complex. Eventually, everybody was in agreement for the presentation of prior subject, prior aspect of the subject. And uh, then that was the real, real good point. We, have, we had to present natural dye as a modern subject related to ecological preoccupations, but not with a reactionary attitude. You know, the, the only thing I hated, really, is that when people came and said, well, couleur garance, mother color, ah, you intend to to die again the, the soldiers spent in red, as in the First World War it was. But did you know that they were killed because of this? <laughs> oh, that was so funny, you know. I, I love so much war. <laughs> then that was the worst we could arrive. 
then we, are, we were not reactionary. We had to explain. This is one structure who is making synthetic dyes. And this is a plant, and this is more beautiful. <laughs> that was our point of view. Uh, uh, more, uh, more, earnestly, more earnestly, it was a good subject to, to start with ecologic, ecology and um, explaining. Most of people, you know, you, you, you spend, for example, half an hour to explain how it functions, natural dyes, and after half an hour, Somebody said, well, I understand that this is also natural dyes. All colors in the supermarket are natural dyes, then. You are just explaining me what is color. I was so surprised. And we, we had to make the difference. And then people came and said, felicitations. You will change this for that. And some came and said, you will never succeed. That was not the purpose. Imagine petrochemy, we, we will not uh, avoid petrochemy so easily with millions of tons of fabrics in the world for six and a half billions of persons with our little garden. Then <laughs> it was the first subject how to present the, the ecological challenges. This was good for everybody, and everybody w was satisfied. The second su subject, I told you some, some word about it. It was connected with the presentation of the local text textile cultural heritage, which nearly disappeared around 1870. But this is, for example, this is... Um, Mother mill. In this very big mill was crushed tons and tons of mother for dyeing. This is an old book with the samples, you know, the samples stick on, on it. And in fact, there are many, many of these books. And the, the European cultural heritage is really interesting. Then um, there were many people interesting uh, for that purpose. And the, connected with the, the, the latter, these books, uh, in these books, they explain how they use it, uh, lead and tin and chromium and many things like that. And then we, we had the opportunity to say, well, we have a very nice cultural heritage, but we don't want to redo it. We want to read it again and try to find some alternative, ecological alternative. And we, we are not, just not using this tradition. We evocate this tradition, and we try to, to think about another possibility. The third main point, maybe the, the, the main interesting uh, for me, uh, it was very Im important. It, it was not related only on past and present, but on the discovery of other culture in the world. And because of the big diversity of visitors, it was extended not only on textile dyeing, but also to every other use of natural dyeing. You know, this is a Maya painting, 
And the student who worked, uh, who came at the garden, and we helped her, um, she studied the Maya blue, which is not indigo, which is a very special way of um, making this very, very strong pigment. And after, she went to Mexico, and she made a thesis, and she discovered this red is also vegetal red. For years, we say that uh, it was mineral. But in fact, in Yucatan, it's very calcareous. And there's no, not so many minerals. And uh, most of these colors are vegetal. But it's very new. These researches are very new. Then proposing a new approach to different things we are supposed to know a little bit. And uh, then that was the third very important thema. Well, let's start with the garden now. Welcome to, for this virtual visit of, of the dye plant collection. Only a few plants will be presented here in connection with some aspect of the pedagogical uh, approach. First, natural history of dye plants. Well, in fact, these plants are colored, and they make coloring matters, yes, but are we sure it is for our pleasure? If all of us die, do, do they stop to, to make some? Certainly not. But uh, it is said sometimes that uh, uh, they do it for insects. But we were observing the mother, our favorite plant, and uh, we became madder and madder with this. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, in fact, the root is red. And we were wondering if butterflies were digging the, the ground just to observe the, the, the red. But it was dark underground. Then this color was not made to be seen. It was a structural color. It was molecular. It was a material. And then we started to collect some information for presenting this very interesting world of natural history of dye plants. And this was successful. It was at the, the entrance of the garden. We started, started with this. And some people were very surprised because some of them, they say, well, I know all that story of dyeing wool. I've seen it many times. And the gardener said, oh, well, no, we don't speak about dyeing wool here. We just speak about how is it possible plants do such an incredible chemistry. And uh, this natural chemistry was very interesting. I will develop it uh, one aspect further. But in fact, one of the major questions for the non-initiated visitors was how it functions. Scientists know that plants are the biggest chemists in the universe because they cannot move. They are planted here. If it's too hot, you just take your umbrella or you go to the shade, but the plant cannot go there. They synthesize a lot of compounds. If um, a beast beats you, then you can run a little bit to, just to escape, but the plant cannot so she makes poisonous substances because the beast will stop the beat. And uh, 
then uh, all these compounds are really interesting. They get a better chance of surviving for the plant. And among these compounds, the coloring matters are major tools for the plants. They are active biomolecules and uh, of great interest for human beings. Some are medicine as vitamins, vitamin P, P vitamin, which is flavonoid. Um, some can be used against pests, against insects. They can protect against sunlight, sun, against sunlight. Some are natural antibiotic. We'll talk about it after. Antiseptic, antifungi, and uh, a lot of properties with many interests for the modern searchers on natural dyes because it, it brings a plus for a better life. You know, for uh, if you discover one product with, which gives a plus, then it has an interest. If, if, if you just say natural colors is coasty, sometimes not so strong, there's that chemical colors, it spends a lot of time, then everybody escape. But if you just say it's very interesting for a better life because this fabric, not this one, excuse me, the, the, veg, the natural dyed fabric has a property and it has been proved as some studies are uh, done on this subject, then it's very interesting because actually in Europe, you know, there's a big, big project called REACH for the registration of um, chemical molecules. And uh, actually, a lot of um, coloring, synthetic coloring matter are very suspected of being uh, carcinogenous. And a lot of it is going out of the market. Then this purpose is quite interesting in the garden. Last point, the protection of biodiversity is a major subject in this garden. Because in, the, in a garden we are supposed both to preserve and to provide elements to any person or institution who does research on it. And then we have to protect these plants because they, they bring a lot. And we don't know exactly all that they bring because it's a, a crazy subject, about uh, 260 millions of vascular plants in the world. We suppose 10% contain enough coloring matters for being usable. Imagine, we just study about 20 or 30. Then that's much work to do. No, this is good. Botany, geology, climatology, there was different subject, interesting subject, because in fact, botany is a good mean, a very useful science. You know, there's only one name for each plant all over the world. Then I can open a, a book about Peruvian textiles, as this afternoon, or a book about African textile, and this botanical name will give me the key for learning more about it because there are only one name. One name. Then this is a, a good point. And uh, the study of natural families will help to discover 
new possibilities and will permit to extend the knowledge and better understanding of plant properties. Because sometimes, you know, uh, families are very homogene. Then when you travel, if, for example, you, you have the idea of the, the fam botanical family, you can guess that kind or that kind of component, and it, it's very helpful. And for children, botany is also very interesting. Just to approach, how, how do you say it is from the mother family? The stem is square, section. The leaves are all around, like a circle all around the stem and from, from place to place. And all that is very easy to teach, and people, they memorize a lot. And they discover it looked, it seemed to be difficult, but it is not. The, this garden was really an artificial place. We always speak about natural, natural, but in fact, we needed to grow some water plants and very close some desert plants <laughs> and very close some very fertile uh, plants. And then it was not so easy. Then uh, there was much work. And when we made, when we built the places, we needed to take care of it because... Uh, what to choose, what arrangement to choose. Artificial, because of the greenhouse, and uh, I told you about henna, but uh, we had some redwood trees, which is um, sapan wood, and then a good place for growing the seeds, uh, and sometimes, a few, few times a year, we grow again because this garden must be aesthetic for a long time. How to develop a collection? The climate is, is a limit than uh, artificial arrangement. Yes, and uh, from the 15th of May to the 15th of October, it must be quite aesthetic. And for some plants, we grow it several times a year just to present the flourish form as long as possible. The knowledge is, uh, how to present the knowledge is, this, uh, this is one point. Walking in the garden, you can discover some raised beds, like this, made of wooden pieces. And these raised beds uh, will share in two, two parts. One part of this raised bed was natural history of color compounds, I told you, and uh, the cultural history was uh, in another place. Why do the plant do that? Why are we concerned? And who used this plant? This main question. In each raised bed, a little collection of plants present different aspects of uses of plants for each region to get it attractive for ordinary visitors. And some of them, you know, because it was written, we cannot see it here, but it was written. This is, you are supposed to travel in Europe, North Europe, Mediterranean countries. And then some people, they just take the plan and run to one part of the world or one part of they, they like. And it was another way to visit the garden. And uh, there was not 
there was no little knowledge. At the beginning, we just intended to put a very precious and important plant. But in fact, reading books, we discovered there were so many little knowledges. And this one was also interested to represent with some plant like this one, which is became rare now, which was used for inks in Provence. Even its flower, maybe not so strong, but this quality is not so bad. Then, okay, we present all type of knowledges. And sometimes it's, it's strange because the local uses can be in one part and the very, very well-known plant in another part, you know. It's not to, to tell that uh, it's equivalent, but eventually you, this corn flower is supposed to give a very weak dye. Many of you know it. But in fact, some archaeological researches have shown that it was the origin of the missile blue. You know, the missile blue was this blue to dye the, um, the prior um, books, which was made of leather. Then the leather part was blue, and after a study, it was made of this. How is it possible? If you take it, if you boil it, if you put it uh, in maceration in water, it will not give nothing. But some people in Portugal, they had a very good idea to say there's something, there's something we must not to do, is to, to put water on it. Then they just pressed a big packet, and this juice, very pure juice, added with some alan, was very excellent and very strong for leather. But a very, very little part of water will waste everything because the, the very weak quantity of calcium or magnesium or, or different compounds will waste totally. Then this plant has an history. It's an example, but uh, very important because it was supposed to be a second quality dye plant, but in fact, uh, it has a lot to, to teach to us. You've been listening to part one of Creating a Garden of Natural Dye Plants, a lecture delivered by Michelle Garcia as part of the Maywa Textile Symposium. The lecture was recorded live on October 16, 2009. For more information on our lecture series or podcasts, please visit our website at www.maywalk.com. I'm Tim McLaughlin. Thank you for listening.